I think it's a very good game. I'll be white in this case. I'll be uh, spat. Okay, okay, sure. Um, W-H-I-T. Yes. E. E. Two can play that game. Hey, I'm Pete Steele. And I'm Andrew Miller. Welcome to Two Can Play That Game, the podcast for people who have one friend. If you have more than one friend, this podcast is not for you. Ah. I'll just go ahead and knock you right off the board, Andrew. You got him there, Pete. You know, the old boy's I'm there, there. The old boy is speechless, Andrew. Uh, and, uh, and by uh, old boy, uh, I mean the... <laughs> That some of these, some of these, uh, you know, chess players are very young when they start, Andrew. So they're not old boys at all. That was just a random thought that came into my head when oh, you said, "Oh, okay, all right, old boys." Because today we're covering World War II, the you know, <laughs> pocket pocket World War II. No, just kidding. Today That's we're doing a chess a chess game. We're doing a yeah. Today we are specifically covering. We're covering um, chess. Chess um, <laughs> part two because we we have a lot we still have to go over Andrew <laughs> I just learned a lot of new stuff about this there's pieces called Queens uh, didn't realize it wow you um, think we would have covered that on our episode about chess way back in the day but uh, I guess we didn't <laughs> well no, I just assumed it... those were extra pieces in the box that were like an expansion yeah. I read I read that it was. <laughs> Yeah, I read that that was an expansion. Yeah, a matriarchy expansion or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, So, Uh, but oh well. The the noble, the noble, the royalty expansion to chess. But uh, turns out, nope, that's actually a part of the base game. So we gotta touch back on it. Guess we messed that one up. Um, But uh, in the meantime, why don't we cover a different game? It's called Match of the Century. Uh, Wow. Okay. Coincidentally, it's based on chess. Based on a chess oh, how about game, that? a famous chess match. Right. It's it's based on specifically a historical um, occurrence, a historical happening um, that is. So it's referencing uh, and inspired by the match of the century, uh, which was the 1972 World Chess Championship match between Bobby Fischer, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of folks in the state, they they know that name. Uh, it's so funny that that name is so uh, ubiquitous. I mean, honestly, maybe I, that's a good question for the kids out there. Hey, hey, youngins out there, uh, do you all know who Bobby Fischer is? Like, does that name sound familiar? Because I would, I, I can, I'm, I can speak for Andrew when I say that we definitely know the name Bobby Fischer. It was a very, <laughs> you know, it was often mentioned in I, our I think, growing up. Yeah, and I'm not sure that as a kid I realized that that was a chess player, but I just knew if the name Bobby Fischer meant, oh, that's a smart person, you know? Like yeah, I, some, some sort of smart, like eccentric It's like Stephen Hawking and Bobby Fischer. Like, I thought, I kind of right. got them confused. Einstein, <laughs> right, right, Stephen Hawking, Bobby Fischer. It's like that right. all meant you were some smart weirdo. Right. Uh, well, which Einst- is true. Einstein uh, actually is more often a, an insult, really. It's when somebody's not smart, you know? Yeah, good job, Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yeah, <laughs> nice job, Fischer. What? <laughs> Yeah, great job with that chess move, Fisher. It's like I'm just dri- I'm just driving poorly. It's like yeah, I know. Um, no, yeah. So this is <clears throat> so this is a um, a two player board game about all about that chess 
match, which was a series of, um, man, I think it was something like 22 games or something like that. It took place over two weeks, I want to say, something like that, in in Iceland. Yeah. I don't know how many matches it was, but it was the best of 24, right? (laughs) Which is kind of weird. Yeah, yes, exactly. It was whoever, um, yeah, so Spassky... Spassky had to get 12 point, uh, only had to get 12 points because he was the reigning, he was the returning champion from the last year. Um, and then Fisher was challenging him because uh, he didn't even play the year before. Um, and so Fisher had to get 12 and a half uh, mm. and definitely, definitely got there without having to play all the games. Fisher did win. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and uh, sorry. Um, but uh, a lot of people were holding off. You know what I mean? They've had that tab open for this, uh, you know, Fisher-Spasky 72-game, you know what I mean, match for... Uh, they've, had, they've had it on their, their Google <laughs> their Google Chrome window for months now, and the, I've just spoiled it for them. But, um, but this, is, um, this is a game that Paolo Mori uh, is the game designer get, uh, and then pushed, uh, pushed out... Um, published by uh, Deep Print and Capstone, um, two great uh, companies. Uh, people probably remember, um, actually, I think Deep Deep Print and Capstone both, I think, collabed on um, Beer and Bread before. Uh, we covered that. People remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've, we've covered some other Capstone. Oh, and of course, Capstone put out uh, Watergate. And we which covered was, that. Uh, which is, honestly, Andrew, probably the most... A common comparison for this game because this is also a two-player card-driven history game about something that happened in you know in history basically you know what I mean about an event a historical event history yeah exactly pretty pretty wild um and I'm assuming that that is your one sentence summary Andrew but um (laughs) uh I'm gonna it's a history game about history uh but I need to get into my uh one sentence summary one sentence explanations no, I'm just kidding, Andrew. I mean, I'll do mine, but you can also do yours. Um, okay, great. Do you, well, you want me to start with a, mine? It was going to be a history game about history, but I'm going to change it now real quick. So go ahead. Okay. It. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my my one-sentence summary of this game, of Match of the Century, Andrew, uh, is somehow a perfect simulation, not of chess, but what it's like to play chess. Oh, Pete. That is a perfect lead-in for my one-sentence summary, which happens to be uh, Match of the Century is basically the same game as Fake Chess by Sean Patrick Kane, um, which you re- uh-huh. may remember as, is a game that we, we haven't covered, but we had Sean Patrick Kane on one time to talk about his game called Fake Chess, which is where you just kind of pretend yeah. that you're a really intense it's- chess player. Which right, right. If you, you, if you go back to our Checkers episode, I believe, we had Sean on, and yes. Sean is a, a game designer, an indie game designer, and has made um, fake chess where you the, the game is that you uh, p- play the game of chess but using completely insane rules, uh, <laughs> and you're trying your best to make the people who uh, see you 
think that you are, you know, locked in a heated battle or whatever and are very involved in the game, even though nothing that you're doing really it now, matters. Um, and, and I don't want to <laughs> throw any shade at that game because it's a brilliant idea for a game. But um, that game ha- involves a little more acting. This one you actually feel like, because you do have to make some really yeah. tough decisions every time, you actually feel like, wow, man, I'm really using my brain here. And, and I'm Yeah, about, yeah. You know, what, what am I going to do? What's he going to do? That kind of thing. With that game, with with Sean's uh, fake chess, uh, you are making a decision to uh, try to experience what it's like to play chess. With this game, just by playing it, you are going yep. to experience what it's like to play, you know, a tense <laughs> game of chess. You know what I mean? It's not it, whether you want to or not. That that is that is the experience you're going to get from this game for sure. So, um, absolutely. Uh, so let, let's kind of you know break it down for the listener real quick uh, with just a quick explanation of the game, Andrew. Um, it's kind of similar to Watergate uh, in mm-hmm. in a variety of ways, but one way is that. There is a lot of tug of war going on here, right, Andrew? Like there is, um, like in Watergate, there are pieces that can be pulled to your side and that your opponent can pull to their side. And that is true here, too. You can pull um, the advantage um, to your side or uh, your opponent can pull it to their side. And you are playing uh, four exchanges um basically like there's four lanes on the board and for each lane you're going to play a card and someone's going to win the lane uh unless you tie but um but you're playing to win the lane we play to win the lane i don't know if you know that (laughs) we we play you play to win the lane andrew i don't know if uh, that's for sports heads out there oh okay Um, i'm not a sport head uh, oh, each, yeah. each lane has a different value. So there's one, two, three, and four. So there's one that's gives worth more. Gives you a different amount of advantage. Exactly. Yeah, there's one that's worth more. There's one that's worth less. That doesn't necessarily always mean that you want to get the one that's worth. It's very, you know, there's a lot yeah. of different things that can happen as you're going. Right, right. And so at the end of those four exchanges, whoever has the advantage in their favor on their side of that track wins that game. Um, and, uh, yeah, is it six? You have to win six games. I think the first person to win six games wins the entire match, quote unquote, um, which is the, you know, what we would know, what we would reference as the game, (laughs) if that's not confusing enough, basically. But, um, (laughs) and, and so like, that is kind of like, that's how you, that's how you win in the most basic sense, right? Is you're going to want to, um, win advantage yeah and to win the game and to win enough games to win the match basically now how do you win these lanes you're playing you have a hand of cards and they just have simply have numbers on them and you're just trying to have a higher number than your what your opponent puts down in the lane but obviously there's more to it than that you know you're not just putting down a number and seeing if you can beat it you know yeah, yeah. Just like with uh, Watergate and uh, a lot of these uh, card-driven history games that we've covered in the past, every card has like a special ability on it yeah. um, that is somehow linked to uh, pieces uh, of details. Let's say it's interesting details from and about that historical event. Um, so, you know, we obviously we've played games where it's been like, oh, yeah, uh, this is this card is, uh, you know, 
the SS uh, Marine uh, catches on fire, or, or whatever. The SS, you know, from um, Shores of Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Was it the yeah. the USS Philadelphia catches on fire or something like that? That's right. It? it runs aground. Um, yeah, runs aground or something like that. And it's like that is that is because that happened in history. And in this specific game, um, it's interesting the, because the events are the, like Bobby comes... Fisher complains yeah. about the air conditioning, and yes. uh, Bob, Bobby Fisher demands that the cameras are removed from the room. <laughs> and yes, yes, yeah. Bobby let's, Fisher let's get into that. wants to play in the ping pong room instead. You know, right? <clears throat> yeah, and these are all true things about about this event, <laughs> this historical event, and, and and so that's what's really interesting, uh, or you know, one of the really interesting things about this one, Andrew, is that we've played games where it's been like real sweeping things where it's been like hey an entire army moved to this point you know what i mean and yeah. it's represented by this card or whatever or this guy became king and it's represented by this card or, or or even watergate it's something like hey an entire um you know um lawsuit happened and then right. and and this happened or whatever or like this person's got killed and then and that's what this card is or something you know something of that nature but in this game it gets real minute because this is all about you know, a chess match, a series of chess games that took place in the same location over like, you know, two, three weeks or something like that. And so and the interesting thing about it, what makes it so interesting, and I'm sure what made, um, you know, Paulo Mori want to use it as an inspiration um, is that it's two people, you know, truly, you know, once I guess you could say once in a generation players or something like that. It, they they are yeah. a, a, they are maybe more than just you know that year's chess champion, um, but they also happen to be two people who are especially Bobby Fischer who are very erratic and paranoid and there's a lot of interesting psychosocial things going on with both of these individuals, um, and they come to the forefront during this historical event. And so there's the, a card that talks about. Bobby Fisher's chair and if it's uh, yes. giving him an advantage or not because he brought his own comfy chair you know to right because that was a real thing was that <laughs> his side um, negotiated so that he could have like this really nice padded like leather like swivel chair or something like that and the uh, his opponent Boris Spassky who was the representative from the USSR at that point um, w was just using the the default chair that the you know, the place had, it was like a sports facility or something like that. I can't remember what it was, but, um, and so like eventually, YMCA or something. yeah, it's like a YMCA <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> basically. Kind of yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was probably like a chess club or something like that, but it was like, but it, obviously, like you said earlier, they have a ping pong room because they eventually Bobby Fisher doesn't like all the cameras in the room and asks for the next match to be played in the in the back in the ping pong room where the cameras can't go. And that's a real thing. And that gets, you know, that comes into play uh as an inspiration for one of the so, cards, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um So all the cards they have like the flavor text and they tell you a little bit about it. Some of the cards actually have like little chess strategy tips on it for actually playing chess, which is kinda cool. Um Yeah. And so they have a number. So if you have the higher number, you win that lane, you win that number of advantage. But if you lose it, then you get the effect of your card. So it's one of those things yeah. where mm, maybe I want to lose on purpose to get this nice effect. I'm going to gain, you know, some extra focus or something like that. Yeah, exactly. There um, is there, there's 16 cards for each player, right? Um, and... 
all th- and and so in typical chess you have 32 pieces each side right including the pawns um and so all of those pieces are represented on these 16 cards that you have because every single card has a pawn or, or no i'm sorry it's not you you only have 16 pieces in chess i was <laughs> i knew i was going to get that wrong i was like does that does that sound right you have 32 pieces um but uh, there is 32 pieces in chess, basically, and all of those pieces are represented across um, the 16 pieces because you have cards that have um, every piece in white and black on it, right? Um, and the every every pawn, so the cards are split into having like a top and a bottom, basically, and yeah, you can that... spin them around to put whatever side on top that you want. Um, and, uh, and so every card has a white piece and a black piece on it. Um, and so depending on every other game, you're going to play as the other color, basically, right? Boris starts as white. He's the reigning champion or whatever. So he has the first move. Um, and, but then the next round he plays as black and then the next round he plays as white, etc. Um, and so the cards, even though they have two pieces on them and two different powers essentially depending on when you play them whether when you're playing as the white piece or the black piece um the yeah they have they have the two different colors on them so um and every card one of the two pieces is a pawn um and the pawn's power whenever you play the pawn um you don't have uh, like a superpower it is like a very base default power which is to like get another card or to um, get another pawn. Uh, and in this game, it, it might sound confusing, but they use these little pieces that help you kind of boost the power of the card that you play, and they're represented by pawns. Um, and uh, Physical and pawns, so... not the pawns that are depicted on the card. <laughs> yeah. And th- those are for, yeah. real, that, real quick explanation of those, those are just for, like, say I play, like, a card with a three on it, but I want to actually boost that up. I have a, a pool of pawns that I can use, physical pawns, and I can put mm-hmm. up to two of them up there. So if I put one, now it's actually going to be mm-hmm. worth four. If I put another one, now it's actually going to be worth five on that. So you got to try Right, you can that. always kind of booster, bolster your the number, the card yeah. that you play. But it's a limited supply, so you're going to get new pawns every round depending on how good your focus is. You have a focus track Mm -hmm. as well that can go up and down that affect how many pawns you get. Yeah, um, well, you know, so so the pawns can come in hand, but you might run out of them if you use them too much. So you've got to manage that. It's one thing to manage. Right. Um, And so if you end up, you know, playing your card for the pawn side, quote-unquote, of the card, you can get a little bit more... You can get another card, which helps you get get more, which is very important sometimes in terms of getting more possibilities for what yeah, you want to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, and or you can get more of those like pawns that bolster the power of your card, etc. Um, but the real power comes in on the other side of the card, which is represented of a uh, of a piece of a material. You know what I mean? Um, from uh, bishop all the way up to. Uh, queen or king i guess whatever you want to say is more valuable um but uh, actually not king the king is re- the king is represented as your piece that tracks your progress towards winning yeah, no i believe king. it's just a queen yeah yeah i it's, think uh, um, knight bishop rook or queen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and uh so anyway it's it's very cool so 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 that's very cool too in and that you you pull uh 
up to your hand, which is usually somewhere around like six cards for that for that round. And then you have to decide. Well, first of all, you have to say like, all right, I only have access to the um, the sides of these cards that correspond to the color I'm currently playing as white or black. Um, and now that I've done that, I realize that I have, you know, two pawns and four, um, you know, actual, uh, pieces, uh, materials, um, and, um, stronger pieces, if you will. Uh, and so you have to decide, well, when do I want to, do I want to play any of these pawns, which will essentially mean that I'm going to lose, uh, this lane that we're playing in, um, or do I want to play the, you know, the, the larger piece, um, which is going to be worth more. You know, the pawns are all worth one. They all have the number one. So you, you're probably not going to win if you play a pawn down to a lane in your exchange on that lane with your friend. Um, but, um, if you, uh, but if you play the other side of the card, if you're able to and decide to play the other side of the card that has like an actually larger number on it, you probably have a better chance of winning the lane. Um, and whether you want to win the lane or not is uh, a whole other, you know, decision you have to make because uh, people at home would probably say like what do you mean i thought the whole you said the whole point was to win the lane so that you get advantage so that you can win the the entire match um which is true but you, the the special power of the card whether it be the yeah. the you know the lower uh the weaker power that's that's if you play the pawn or the stronger power which is if you play the the stronger piece um the higher value piece it doesn't even you don't even get to do it unless you are the one that loses the exchange for that lane. Um, the person who wins the exchange for the lane gets the advantage, and that's their reward. But the person who loses the exchange for the lane can do the special power of the card, which can sometimes be what you want and what you need at that time. So you actually yeah. do want to lose sometimes, which is very interesting. And the material piece ones uh you know if you lose on those like the higher numbers especially like the queens the really high ones the the special powers like the things that you get are really really good so it's very tempting yeah. it's always this is where what we were talking about at the top where like you feel like you're playing a chess match you get tired by the end of this because you you're, you have to make a decision every single time and it's tough because you got a lot to look at yeah. um but it makes it really interesting because also you got to th be thinking about like well do I want to say you, you kind of made it sound like a little bit like I can choose to use the pawn or the material piece, but one side is white, uh, one side of the card is white, and one side of the card is black. So you can't right. use the other side until the next round. So you're like, well, do I want to save this until the next round, or should I just play it and get it out of here so I can get new cards next time? Um, right. It's a lot. It's a lot to think about. Uh, yeah, and some, absolutely. I found sometimes like my strategy was. Like if I if I was ahead by a game or or so, then maybe I would like lose this one on purpose just so I could like kind of build up my supply mm -hmm. for next time. I get more get more pawns, get more focus, move my thing along the mm -hmm. focus track so I could do better. Yeah. So I could win the next one. Just as long as I stay equal or ahead of you, I don't have to like win every single round. As long as I can try and win the last one, that's all that really matters. Right. Uh, and we haven't really delved into it. We've mentioned the focus track, but we haven't really delved into it. And we should real quick touch on it because it is so important, quite frankly, yeah. which is to say, so you've got the advantage track where for each exchange, you're keeping track of, um, who or for each lanes. game. Yeah. 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 You're keeping track of, uh, you know, who has, uh, yeah, who has the advantage in that, 
in that game specifically based on the exchanges in, in the four lanes um, and you have the track that's keeping track of your the the games that you've won uh, like the overall match like how close you are to winning the overall match to winning six games that will win the entire thing but then you also have a third track that's a arguably maybe the most important track I don't know which is fascinating they all three of these tracks are important you know what I mean quite frankly uh, and uh, an argument can be made for all three of them but this one is called the focus track and the focus track is where you um, every time you start a new game this is what dictates um, the cards that you pull like the your hand limit um, yes. the amount of those pawns that you can take from the pool that can bolster the strength of your cards by adding uh, one or two of them, um, and uh, and other things like advantage. Sometimes you'll start with um, already having some advantage on the board or already losing some advantage on the board. Um, and all of those things are very important. Like you're having... It, it might sound weird to say that starting with one less card every game... Uh, makes a difference but it really does uh, and yeah. so does starting with one more card it really does it gives you more options um, to, to of what you want to do um, and uh, and so the reason that it's the focus meter is because you know as you might have started to gather as we talked about some of the historical details about this event it was you know Fisher and Spassky, but especially Fisher were both very paranoid and very easy especially if they were especially if they lost they would be very angry about something making them lose their focus. Like they had to be on top of their game because they were playing, you know, um, for the world championship. And so it was very high tension. Every The world was, this was during the Cold War and it was the U.S., the best player in the U.S., potentially the world versus the best uh, player in the USSR um, who was the reigning world champion. So there was more at stake here than just the game too. You know what I mean? Et cetera. Yeah. Um, so like, and the, the Bobby Fischer had made chess suddenly very fascinating in the United States. A lot of people were very interested in it all of a sudden because we had a phenom on our hands and yada, 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 all this stuff leading up to it. I was reading one thing that said, uh, during that match, like chess sets were like sold out at all the stores and and people were, everybody wanted to, everybody wanted to be Bobby Fischer. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Uh, and meanwhile, Bobby Fischer, you know, only, it was a hermit, you know, it was like a recluse, <laughs> and, you know what I mean? Like they never let, left his house and, uh, you know, didn't like having a camera so close and didn't like when his chair was blah, blah, blah. And didn't like when the temperature was, you know, blah, blah, blah yeah. in the room and yada, yada, yada. Um, and a lot of this so, was playing mind games with the other side too. Just me, you know, it's all about the focus. So that's why the weather, focus dress track. Exists. Yeah. Whether on purpose or not, you know what I mean? Like Bobby Fisher showed up. He, he was late to the entire yeah. event, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it might not have happened. And yeah, all this very interesting stuff about I like, how eccentric everybody was. Who was, I yeah. do also like that the focus meter is a little bit, uh, asymmetric because on Bobby Fisher's side, um, mm-hmm. it like drops off more sharply and goes up uh more quickly yeah. whereas on Spassky's side it's a little more gradual with the the rewards that you yeah. get and the and the um punishments that you get for going down on your yeah on your there's um, basically it, it kind of yeah it speaks to the um volatile nature or or you know i mean obviously that's what the designer was going for was was to kind of represent that bobby fisher's focus 
and ability to focus, et cetera, was a little bit, and honestly, and just personality in general was a little bit more volatile. Um, yeah. And if less he's focused, he's, he's really, it's really good for him. But if, if the slightest right. thing goes wrong, it can knock off his whole game and he can just get so flustered and he won't be able to play as well. Right. Right, right. Basically, Bobby has two modes. He has extremely focused, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, he's it. Everything's in his favor. You know what I mean? Like, he's got a seven card hand limit. He's, you know, he's pulling uh, pawns. He's yada yada yada. Or he's like got a five card limit. Uh, you know, it's mm. he's not doing well. Yada yada yada. And Boris has kind of like three. Has like a, a a not doing good, a doing wonderful, and then an in between where he's doing all right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's kind of so, got like three zones, and Bobby Fischer yeah. basically just has like two zones. You know, just two with a steep drop off from from yeah. suddenly you're yeah suddenly when you make that when you make that first drop from <laughs> you know what I mean uh, or you know when you make that drop from from high from doing great to not doing great with Bobby it's it's a it's a harsh reality. Mm. Um, yeah, it's interesting. So that's that's a whole other thing um, that we could get into in terms of details. But uh, but hopefully that helps you get kind of a, a kind of a quick sense for for what this game is. Um, Andrew, what about a sense for how this game came to be? Did you find anything about like the history of well, the design of this game? Anything like that? It's gonna be an even quicker sense because no, there's not much out there. But uh, a few things uh-huh. to talk about. Few things to talk about of the history of this game. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a relatively a... new game, we should say too, Andrew. So there's not like we oh, run very... in, we run into this a lot with new games where yeah. um, there it's not like there's tons of articles where somebody says like so tell us tell us about that that platinum game that that over the past twenty years people have been you know what I mean yeah, yeah. all designers should have a designer diary that's very easy to find because um, when that mm-hmm. happens it's great but for for this segment but otherwise all designers like, should email us their designer yeah. diary well honestly we'll i've done that archive it i always forget that's unprofessional me i've done that with a few designers i say hey could you tell me about this um, it's usually people who like send us games or whatever like how did you yeah what did you come up i should just do that more often maybe i would have gotten a response but anyway it was. It did come out in 2023. So just ooh, just last year because you are listening to this in the year 2024 now. Oh happy, my Happy gosh. New Year out there, everybody. Um, yeah. And so, so what does that make it? 51, 52 51 years, like years since, since yeah. the actual event happened. Which made me think because when I was looking on this on the internet, I did find a lot of articles from 2022. Uh, saying, like, oh, it's been 50 years since the match of the century. Like, people just talking about this famous chess match. So I'm wondering mm-hmm. if that kind of got into the designer, Paolo Mori's mind. He's an Italian um, guy who designs board games. I wonder mm-hmm. if that kind of, like, popped up on his computer one day. Oh, and he learned about it and decided to make a board game about it. I don't know. I didn't see a, an interview about that. But I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case because the timing is kind of lines up with the 50th anniversary yeah. of that match. Um I should also mention that uh, the art is done by Clemens Franz, who, you know, I know you love. I did not know that. Clemens Franz, yes. You did not know that? Oh, my God. Well, that's what it says on Board Game Geek, at least. Yeah. And It's interesting because, Andrew, this is not your typical Clemens Franz, I will say. Like, this is more of, like, graphic design. You know what I mean? It's, like, there's not... Most of the artwork is actual pictures of these, like, actual photographs right. of these guys playing chess. Kind of um, like in Watergate. Yeah, there's actual photographs of people because it happened during a time when there were cameras uh yeah i was surprised by that too because there's there's not a whole lot of illustration like pete says it's just kind of like graphic design yeah 
But mm-hmm. that's well, maybe that's somebody just that's great, playing though. a prank on Board Game Geek. But that is what it's listed as. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I like you it. have the board. You have the game. You should look in the uh, instructions. I wonder if it lists them in there. Yeah, um, let me see. Yeah, but anyway, uh, like Pete said, it was published by uh, Capstone Games and Deep Print Games, and we do want to thank Capstone for giving us this game. We actually, speaking of the history of this game, uh, we got this game at a recent board game convention, PAX Unplugged, uh, in Philadelphia. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We were able to meet the owner of Capstone Games, which was really, honestly, yeah. a thrill, because I, I, Capstone is one of the... Um, I, it's just one of the best publishers out there, in, in my opinion, in the industry. I... I I think that they have, uh, in a relatively short amount of time, which I also had not realized that it, I believe he said it was like 2016 when he founded this company. Um, and uh, I, I just, I, I did not know. I, I, it, it, I the, uh, to become one of the, as, I, as you can tell, I'm uh, speechless, become, to become, you know, in my opinion, one of the, um, premier companies in in terms of uh you know what they've released they they did have a big booth there it wasn't one of the small ones over on the end they had a pretty big booth and they had i loved how they had all they had beer um beer and bread they had watergate and then they had this game all set up on like a nice and they had rift yeah and they had rift force uh which is another one of their two-player games that we have to cover it so it was like there's like a little display of all the two-player games that they had going on which was great yeah um they were. Yep. We demoed it right at the at the end of the day. Pete kept saying like, "Oh, let's go back and let's go back and see if the table's open. We got to play." Yeah, 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 yeah. So we eventually did make it over there. So thanks to Capstone for. But of course, yeah. that's not gonna. When we get to the end, that's not gonna influence our our. Uh, yeah, you know us. We yeah, can but... very much be bought, but we have not been bought. But it takes more <laughs> than just a game to buy us. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna say we can't be bought because I mean, well, give yeah, me a million bucks. Let's go. Give us you a million bucks. Like yeah, definitely, I'll be. But. But you know, but a game I can always get a game. But but it was very it was super generous. It was uh, so so we met Clay Ross, um, who is the owner of uh, of Capstone Games, and so nice, such a nice fella, uh, young. And I was like, how did you? I would have assumed this place is that y'all have been around forever, and that you were just like an old guy who had been in the industry forever, because you're just making all the right moves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and so yeah so the so uh basically every time i see capstone games is like seal their logo on something i'm like yeah i'm probably gonna like this which is why at pax i was like andrew there's a new capstone games two-player uh and they say it's like the next watergate uh and it's capstone and it's like we gotta go do it you know what i mean like and i so i did i i literally was like every you know every time we would be like we walked by the table so many times, and it was always obviously it was always filled. You know, I mean, people were always trying to learn the game, and so I made you. I said the only thing I the only thing I definitely need to do today is just I got to make sure I sit down and actually get my hands on that game. Now the funny thing is, Andrew, that we we did finally sit down and and test it out, but we like played it wrong, and we <laughs> we left the we left that we left out some very you know key elements. You know what I mean? Things like uh, the initiative state you know goes to the uh, person who who wins the right. exchange, um, et cetera, et cetera. Little rules like that that we didn't play correctly that left us wa- and walking away. And obviously we didn't have time to like read the cards and the powers and stuff. So we walked away from the table going like, I don't know, that one might be a, a flop. Uh, and then of course we, <laughs> luckily, uh, Clay 
so generously provided a copy that we were able to actually sit down with it. And I was, and Andrew, I remember texting you and being like, we played this all wrong. This, this thing is actually good. <laughs> we were, <laughs> we were wrong. We were wrong about that. And you were like, what, really? Uh, I'm interested. Uh, and we'll get to it at the end, but, um, yeah. Yeah. It was better. It was better when you play by the rules. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you played as it was designed, <laughs> as it was meant to be played, believe it or not, it was better than if you played it wrong. <laughs> um, but anyway, Paolo Mori, uh, this guy is nowhere to be found. Sometimes I scour these people's like Twitter or Facebooks. No, not out there. Yeah, but not a, not a social a, presence. It seemed like a very familiar name to me, but we have never covered sure. one of his games before. I don't uh, know why. Not yet, Andrew. But I know one that you was he had involved your eye in something on. that we did before or something. I don't know why I know this guy's name, but maybe it's just mm. a, I don't know familiar name. He's de- he's definitely you know put out a good a good amount of stuff, but um w- w- that that Blitzkrieg World War Two. Yeah. in 20 minutes or whatever that that's yes. his game too so and we'll, maybe that's, we'll get to that maybe one that's eventually. why because i remember i remember sending you that one a little while ago saying oh we got to try this blitzkrieg game so yeah um, that, that might be why yeah yeah, yeah yeah i don't know but as you said capstone on their website and everything for this they call this the spiritual successor to watergate so yep. i can kind of see it definitely it's got the the push and pull of watergate it is historical like watergate um but yep. not it's not like a clone of that game. It's definitely it is much, not much different, you know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's uh, you know, I'll 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 get I'll the get center into more of the board. We... Yeah, the center yeah. of the board is a totally different um, thing. You know, totally different. Yeah, there's totally different gameplay mechanics here, but it does share some similarities at the same time for sure in terms of you know being a card-driven history game where you got to decide which cards to play when for which powers and to for the tug of war. Yeah. But, Honestly, I, though, I think that's pretty good on Capstone's part. I think that's pretty good marketing because Watergate was a big hit for them. Like, a lot of people know about Watergate. It's so, so good, yeah. You know, it's to, obviously to very say, high on our list, too, Watergate. Yeah, to say that it's the spiritual success of Watergate, just great great marketing on their part. <laughs> great marketing. It worked on me. I told you. I, I was like, Andrew, you know we love Watergate. I was like, they're saying yeah. this one's the next Watergate. I was like, we got it. That's how I roped you in. You were you wanted to just walk away at the at PAX Unplugged and just watch, you know, grown men play uh, Star Wars Legion for seven hours. Well, and I was I like, mean, can you please, can we please, please go look at the next Watergate? And you were like, I guess if it's the next Watergate. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, great marketing for, from them. Anyway, great marketing. And you know what, Andrew? Uh, I think I'm picking up on what you're laying down there, which is uh, an excellent uh, opening of the door to our next segment, Andrew. I'm talking about market research. Market research. Oh, yeah. Okay, so besides calling... uh calling this game the spiritual successful to Watergate, we're going to try and come up with some other ways to uh, make Match of the Century, you know, appeal to the masses. How are we going to sell more of these games? They had a great booth set up at the convention. I won't, you know, and they've, they've, they've done their part. But now it's time for the experts. Now it's time for the ringers to come in. Pete and I, we're going to wow. tell you exactly how, Clay, to sell more copies of this game yeah 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 clay didn't realize it but he was talking to some he was talking to his next hit marketers you know what i mean basically uh how can are we going to get them to way. sell yes. more can 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 be bought for sure for absolutely we'll, we'll yep. negotiate on the on the price for that <laughs> um but we we want to help you sell more units i i love the company and the games that you guys produce so i want to help you guys out by making this even more popular 
Mm-hmm. How do we do um, that, Andrew? Oh, by the way, Andrew, yeah. one way that they already, like you said, the marketing of, of linking it to Watergate, already great marketing. The other marketing that they did, great move that they did, um, that I can now confirm for you, Andrew, is that Clemens Franz did the artwork for this game. That's a great Arr. marketing move on their part. He's listed, of course, uh, under his username, which is Atelier198, which he also oh, yeah. goes by. Which is, um, but man, that's so interesting. Uh, you know what? Actually, now now that I'm literally looking at the instruction booklet, Andrew, the pieces are illustrated, and okay. they. And I know it sounds crazy, but these chess pieces—you know, the rooks, the knights, the bishops—they, I can see it. They look like Clemens Franz illustrations. Um, I feel like maybe they just uh, brought him in just to say that they had Clemens Franz illustrated, but like, eh, he illustrated it. You know, great I mean, marketing. Great marketing. Great marketing. Obviously, one of my probably top three il- illustrators in in the board game so, industry ever. It so, was I mean, uh, Clemens. Like, Clemens Franz was just like, uh, you know, somebody. It was some uh, janitor was sweeping up in his, Clemens Franz's office and like found th- some doodles of some chess pieces and was like, oh, here you should use these for your chess game. Yeah. <laughs> by Clemens Franz. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, already got the great marketing between the you know the Watergate uh, references and the and the terrific illustrator. But what more can we do to help them sell units, well, Andrew? What are you thinking? This is clearly, um, you know, this was a big deal when it happened in real life in 1972. Absolutely. You know, Fisher and Spassky. Fisher versus right. Spassky. It's kind of like two heavyweight boxers going at it. So I okay. think we need to kind of lean into that a little bit more and build this game as like a heavyweight fight. We get the UFC wow. promoters on this thing. Anybody involved in it that? It is huge. Yeah. We got to get uh, Fisher and Spassky, their nose to nose on the cover. You know, maybe okay. get, get Clemens Franz to kind of like jack these guys up, you know, shirtless muscles going on, tattoos, yeah. on, you know, it doesn't have to be totally historically accurate. Right. Um, right. Then we get some Good commercial. Point. We get some commercials going for a pay-per-view. You know, that's what people okay. like, this, you know, watch Fisher versus Baskin paper. And then when they turn in, tune in to the pay-per-view, it's just two people playing this board game, you know, but mm-hmm. you get you get some of that sweet, sweet pay-per-view money. Uh, but yeah, but you also can get Monster Energy yeah. and Red Bull as sponsors. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, and maybe Hot Topic. Get maybe both of them Spencer's. as a sponsor. Yes, that's right. Get both of them as a sponsor. You don't think they would? You know what I mean? I they don't gotta know be if they match would the century. Both spot. Oh, I see. So one of them is sponsoring Fisher, and one of them is sponsoring Spassky. Uh, maybe so. Good idea. Good idea. I think idea. they're both American companies. I don't know which one would want to. Red but, no. Bull is for, oh, obviously, the perfect. Soviet Union. You know what I mean? And perfect. Then, uh, Red Bull and... Monster Energy, the young monster, as yeah, they call him. Yeah, he's a monster, for sure. Bobby yeah, Fish. Okay. Yeah. Bobby Fish, man. The fish monster. Um, yeah, that sounds awesome. That's. I mean, listen. Um, those uh, UFC people, they will... Yeah, they'll they know put, what doing. they'll eat just about anything you serve to them on a UFC platter. So I think I think you got them. Yeah, um, it's bringing in a whole different crowd to the board game scene. It's these UFC now, fans, you know. I know, I know, and I'll tell you what. I am also Andrew. My idea is going to bring in a whole different crowd too, because I think they should be uh, essentially. It's interesting that you still kept, you know, Fisher and Spassky in there, Andrew. 
I guess no. the mine is a little bit of a reskin, technically. You're, you're but reskinning, here's yeah. You're, you're, uh, but okay. well, here's the thing. Well, they can, I th we can make this work, Andrew. They just need to be anime characters, okay? Because that's okay. All right. Okay. No, this is not reskinning. All right, I like this. The, um, and then, and but also maybe a little bit of like retcon because they do have to be from some sort of like ninja school or magic school or magic ninja well, school or like, magical high school for people who own guns that shoot magic or something like that right but it doesn't have to be historically accurate we said that you know these, listen yours history your version they're perfect. ripped yeah, yeah in my right. version they are magic ninjas um right. and Listen, Andrew, you know uh, that in all these anime, they always have some young upstart facing off against some proven guy, you yeah. know, who is known and feared from some distant land. Does that sound familiar, huh? Yeah. Um, and uh, and you know how they do it in this thing. This is all the sh all the shonen formula, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. which is where they uh, the the young. Uh, guy that everybody relates to that the all the 14 year olds in Japan relate to loses a fight but before they go like super mode you know what I mean and stuff and the you know the they're all, the other guys always gloating and stuff like that and all of a sudden some sort of spirit juice or something like that can builds up and then releases you know what I mean mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they 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 always lose the grandmaster character you know what I mean is always like ha pitiful fisher you know what i mean i thought your people would have put forth a better warrior than you bobby fisher you know something like that yeah. and then you cut to 50 episodes later the character the <laughs> that <laughs> spasky's like oh, oh no you know what i mean listen isn't <laughs> there's an entire structure in these anime of yeah. like i've lost the battle but will win the war built into it so i think i think it works i think it still yeah. works for this game i think that's right there with it you know what i mean Okay, and it's so, just that's the biggest stuff, Andrew. I mean, well, and when you go into Fortnite, uh, it's all anime now, and there's a reason for that. It's because it's the biggest stuff, so that's going to help them sell more units. But also, UFC is huge too for the people yeah. that don't watch TV. They rather go outside and ride a dirt bike into a tree. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like we're covering all of our bases here. They just need to release two editions of it. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. I, I think the anime thing is is a great idea too because they could have a whole. You, I mean, you're, it's going to be a show, right? So it would be a show. Yup. And that that helps sell the game because so many of the, I didn't realize so many of those cartoons growing up, they, not even anime cartoons, like the ones like Ninja Turtles. It was just made to, literally just to sh sell toys. Like the toys is where oh, they make money. Yeah. Oh yeah. The show yeah, they, they didn't make absolutely. any money off the show. It's the same thing with Paw Patrol now. Like they don't make money off the show. They make money off the no. toys. Absolutely. And I feel like the pokey, like the only anime I ever really, I'm not an anime fan, unfortunately. Sorry, anime fans out there. But I, I, the only one that I did watch was Pokemon back in the mm -hmm. day. And that was, I'm sure, just to sell the cards and, the, you know, the video game and stuff like that. And oh, so yeah. Th so it's perfect. Like, you're going to have a show about mm -hmm. uh, Bobby Fischer and Spassky, but anime versions of them. Getting, and, the, uh, getting the Bobby Fischer Funko Pop. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I'll be, get, exactly. I'll be getting the Boris Spassky Funko Pop personally. I but, bet yeah. there is one of those already, by the way. We should <laughs> oh, um, man. Maybe they're just not. Running Spassky, out, they're just but... running out of ideas at the Funko yeah. Pop shop. They're, they're like, I'm going to look uh, it up. Uh, look it up Bobby Fisher. segments here. Yeah. No, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm Andrew. I'm going to look it up, actually, um, Pete, while you, um, because I did hear somebody knocking on the door. So could you go answer okay. my door real quick while I look that up? Uh, Bobby okay, Fisher, I'll go ahead. You look it up. I'll go ahead to your door. Kong, 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 kong. Sorry, I wore my uh, Carhartt 
uh, boots or whatever. Uh, conk, I'll, I'll take them off. That's, that's the sound of my toes without my boots on walking towards your door. That's me opening your door. Oh, it's... Look, Andrew, you're going to love it. Uh, you know who stopped by? Dr. Fraser Crane. Dr. Fraser Crane. All right, Dr. Fraser Crane, come on in. And uh, before Dr. Fraser Crane helps us count down these phrases here, I just want to say that uh, there is no Bobby Fisher Funko Pop. There is um, one of Beth Harmon from uh, Queen's Gambit. And there is also one of the water boy, Bobby Boucher, but uh, no Bobby <laughs> Okay, let's go. Yes. Oh, no. Andrew, now you're going to get me started on Adam Sandler Funko Pops. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have to go look all of those up. Do they have Little Nicky? They probably do, right? Yeah, well, you know, if you have a Funko Pop collecting addiction, I'm sure that uh, Dr. Fraser Crane could help you um, beat that. Uh, yeah, that yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming. You came at exactly the right time, Dr. Fraser Crane. I was about to turn to... <laughs> I was about to fall off the wagon and go back to <laughs> turn back turn back to Adam Sandler Funko Pops. Uh, well, but also uh, while you're here, Dr. Fraser Green, please help us count down the top ten phrases that you'll hear somebody say while playing the game Match of the Century. Number ten. Uh, hey, uh, I'm not uh, like a grandmaster or anything, but I know you're definitely not allowed to use cards in chess. So let's stop all the cheating, please. Number nine. That move. It's like you're literally playing 4D chess right now. Number eight. Hey, can you please hand me one of those uh, red pawns, Pajousta? Number seven. You're playing like a literal grandmaster right now. Number six. Oh, I know it's January, but can we put on the air conditioning in here? Number five. It's like you literally have a material advantage, like you have more pieces on the board than me. Number four. Can you please turn off your phone? I don't like cameras in the room when I play this game. Number three. Okay, you're literally keeping me in check here. Number two. King me. Number one. Checkmate. Figuratively. Star Wars Break Everything That is the, okay, we're back here with Star Wars Break. That is the dumbest, uh, what do you call that, stinger ever made? Stinger? Uh, yeah, but yes. good job. Good job, Pete. Thank you. Just when you thought they couldn't get any dumber, I, <laughs> you know, I channeled my spirit juice from my ninja school, and uh, I have produced a, a level 9,000 dumb Wow. Um, um, <laughs> I am pleased. We are pleased to announce here that this is the first ever. We just finished up, wow. in case you missed it, last month we finished up our game of Fog of Love, which went on finally, for way too long. Finally finished our Fog of Love. We love Fog of uh, uh, the, the board game Fog of Love. We were playing yes. it one turn at a time, uh, which does end up making every game we do that way uh, take way too long. Yeah. Um, uh, and, of course, the rules state uh, that we do have to then turn to whatever game we're reviewing when we finish uh, the previous one. So we finished our game of Fog of Love turn by turn uh, when on the episode uh, last episode, which was for Star Wars deck building game. So welcome to Star Wars uh, break. Yeah, we're going to be we're... playing a game of Star Wars, the deck-building game, one turn yeah. at a time, every episode. You can tune in and hear what we do. I kind of like go. it, Pete, because we get to we get kind of live in the world of of Star Wars. Which I thought um, you'd like that, yeah. You know, it's going to be different because... Oh, Curling so up our next first... to Uncar Plutt 
uh, <laughs> you know, asking if you can have another portion. You know what I mean? Seducing yeah, him right, into giving you right. another portion. I yeah. thought you'd like that. Yeah. Un- Uncar Plot is not in this game. Anyway, uh, we mm-hmm. our very first episode was about chess. So you can go back and listen to that if you want. Um, uh, but we started playing. Oh yeah, a of game... the entire podcast. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. We started playing a game of chess, one move at a time, which was very quick. Chess break was like you know thirty seconds long. Boom! I'm gonna move my knight here. Done. You know. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we ended that game. We never know when it, when a chess game is going to end necessarily. We ended that game on the episode of Fog of Love. Perfect, great game. Fog of Love had a finite number of turns to it, like a set number of turns that we were going to play. Correct. So we knew we. Uh, I'm not saying we, you know, game the system here, but a little bit we did. We went. We made it end on a Star Wars game. So now we're playing a Star Wars game. But this game does not have a finite. Uh, you know, it, it'll end at a surprise moment, perhaps. So Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I might be able to pull my punches depending on what game. What be game careful, because last... I might yeah. not... De- I not <laughs> listen, we're going to play... Andrew, we're going to play with the rules where... Uh, we're not going to play the beginner game where you where you where it's the first to yeah. destroy three planets. We're going to play with the more slightly more advanced rules, which are... We're going we're gonna to play to the first person to destroy four uh, bases, base planets yeah. of, of, their, of the opponent... Um, and we're going to play with the rules where we have access to all 10 bases and we can choose which one we want. We ever, we start with the base planet. So I believe mine is Lothal. Um, yes, and, you're playing uh, as the empire, but we flipped a coin earlier. Off right. Mic. We flipped he, a coin. I got empire. I am um, rebellion. So my base is Dantooine. They're on Dantooine. Yeah. Um, Dantooine. And, uh, and yeah. uh, yeah, so my, so each of our starting bases have, that can take eight attack before they get blown up, and then of course you choose a new one. Hey, if you want to, if you want to learn how to play this game, go back to our episode about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which was, I believe, the last episode. Yeah, let's just, um, let's just start playing here, Pete. It's your turn. Let's your just start first. playing. We you set up the market, the Andrew. The mar- Listen, Andrew, I'm going to say this market is hot right off the bat because we, <laughs> as you know, it's a random market that you turn over. And here, here are some of the names we have in this in this market that we yeah. have access to right off the bat, Andrew. Luke Skywalker. Hello. Oh, you know that's what I mean? insane. He came out right in the now, first marketplace. Yeah. As you know, he's expensive. He costs eight, yeah. you know, resources. He might be out there so for a little while. I don't think. Yeah, he's going to be out there for a while, quite frankly. Uh, and and I'll remind you, I we can. I can assassinate. So the the minute oh. I can assassinate Luke Skywalker, you know I will. Um, we <laughs> also have kidding. Chirrut out there. Okay. Um, we also have uh, the a Hammerhead Corvette out there, um, which is a uh, what do they call that? A city ship? Uh, a capital ship for that capital that can ship. that's that's available. There's a lot of stuff for you out here in the market, quite frankly. There's a yeah. lot of re- rebel rebel faction stuff in the market right now. Luke Chirrut, Hammerhead Corvette. One for me, tie bomber. I can get a tie bomber. That'd be kind of cool. Um, then we got Bayes Malbus. Can you believe both Bayes and Chirrut out? At, you know, at the These same. These are the guys time? from uh, from Rogue One. Rogue so One. Yeah, I'm crazy. seeing three heroes of the rebellion right here that are available oh my to God. me. So I'm excited <clears throat> yep. about this. And uh, and of course, uh, there's a blockade runner, which is a neutral capital ship out yeah, there. Yeah, I don't um I, I don't understand why that is neutral because that this is the ship that well, you the very first ship you see in the original Star Wars movie the the Princess Leia's ship, you know, that's being pursued as a blockade This runner. is this game does have some head scratchers every now and then because if you'll yeah. remember um uh Lobot is neutral for some reason even though Well, I kind of get that one because Lando You do get that one? Cuz Lando well, might in the he's, fir- he's in not the... as loyal to Lando as you might think. 
Oh, oh well, no. I guess well, Lando. But Lando it kind now of Lando could be neutral too. I feel right. like, he but he but they specifically make Vader him. There. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they should make Lobot whatever Lando is, and Lando is they say is is, re- is a rebel. Is but rebel. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, we don't um, know what happened to Lobot I, after. I was going to say there might be something city. about Lobot that we actually are not privy to. I'm just, it's it's good. It's good. Canon. I'm waiting for um, the Lobot standalone Disney Plus series to come out because I'm then I'm gonna. Yeah, me too. Because yeah, I've had enough of I've you know because I've been writing my fan fiction about it for so long I can't <laughs> wait for it to get picked up quite frankly let's just say Shrek and uh, you know and Lobot they got a lot going on in my fan fiction Andrew <laughs> right. here's what I'm gonna All right, do let's play okay? this game All right I'm gonna I'm throwing down three of my shuttles uh, because that gets me three resources on the board and then Andrew I'm gonna add to that my Inquisitor card which I can choose it can. When I when I play it, I can either play it for one resource, one force point, moving it towards you know it starts out. Well, I'll remind the audience that it starts out fully on the side of the Jedi. Um, oh, rebels, yeah. Uh, oh, rebels. Sorry, it's they're not tied to a religion. Um, and uh, or I can play it for one attack. I'm gonna play it for one resource because that's gonna give me what I need to get the. Um, to get the blockade runner. And uh, as we know from this game, from our experience with this game, capital ships are pretty important. So, yeah, they um, protect so, your base from... Yeah, they, they, they exactly. They damage. can absorb damage. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And they don't completely... When they get blown up, they go into your discard pile and will show up again. So they're, they're pretty important. They don't just go away forever. So they'll... You know yeah. what I mean? So it, it's it's a good it's a good investment in defense to get a capital ship. So I'm gonna do that right off the bat. Um, get this blockade runner into my deck. Re- you'll remember that whenever you purchase something from the market, it goes right into your discard pile to then later be shuffled into your deck when you go through it all and start over again. Uh, as as you'll remember, you just do that over and over again in this game. You go you know you pick up your cards. Um, you play them all, you put them in the discard, you do it all over again until you have to turn them all over, shuffle them, and make a new deck out of them. And that, and in that way, you start working them in one by one. Um, and But, Andrew, I've got one card left. It's a Stormtrooper. And this is a Stormtrooper that has two attack, Andrew. I could attack your base um, and get two out of the eight uh, you know, damage points I need to blow it up out there already. But, Andrew, I'm... I'm feeling a little bit of uh well let's just say uh I hate rebel scum. Okay? So oh. I'm going to assassinate Andrew. I'm going to assassinate Baze Malbus. He's oh. out. Andrew, I need uh th- this is a very rebel heavy market and I don't like that. So I got to get rid of some of these folks in here. Start making some room maybe for some of my stuff in here too. So he's out of the market. He's discarded. He's out of the game. Um and uh, and I do get one reward whenever you. Uh, I think I assassinate and you. Uh, what is your thing? Your thing is uh, can't remember. But you have you. It's like another word to assassinate. Um, oh. And uh, you sway or something like that. Who knows? It doesn't matter. Um, and uh, and I will my reward for killing Baze Malbus is. Um, 
actually one force point. The I do actually get mm-hmm. the marker moved one step in my direction on the force track, uh, just because he's that important to the force. Um, so the force is coming closer to your side, still on my side. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. You've lost uh, an important element to the force. I wow. Think. And that's... also, Chir- I will say, Chirrut, heartbroken, of course, as well. Yeah, they they were brothers in arms there together, and uh, you brothers assassinated one of them right at the beginning of the movie. He's not supposed to die till wow. the end of the movie. Spoilers. Wow! Um, wow! 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 Can't believe you is did that. Is that uh, J- J- oh, what's that called? Jaka? Jakar? Can't remember. Jaku. Jakku, isn't that where they are when they... Uh, no, that that's... Jakku oh. is where Ray is from. Um, yeah, yeah, that's where Unkar Plot is. That's not where they are. Okay. No, no, no. It's on the beach planet of... Uh, oh, the beach planet is where I forget they what are. it's called. Scarif. Scarif. Okay, let's go. See, I knew you had that in your back pocket. Yeah, it's in there. Um, well, Andrew, that is going to be my turn, though. Those are all... I've played all of my cards... Now that I've played them and resolved everything, they're going to go into my discard pile. I'm going to draw my next yeah. five cards, but then it's going to be your turn, which means we're done for this episode. How about that? Yeah, I do want to say I am glad that we decided to play this one turn at a time uh, and not, like, one card at a time. Otherwise, that would yes. have been <laughs> taking forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew, for this episode, I play my shuttle and get one resource and tune in next time for the next card I'm going to play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, no, I can't wait yeah, that... to start playing this game, but I guess I can't right now, right? Well, you have to. You actually have to wait. Yeah, sorry, Andrew. Um, <sighs> we got to get on with the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I guess I got to get something out here, Pete. Just hold on one second here. Um, okay. Uh-oh, I don't know where this is going. <laughs> yeah, I just got some. Oh, there you go. You notice anything different about me? I just got my expanders out. I just got my expanders out. Wow, Andrew, you know, it's funny. Uh, I was just thinking to myself, this man looks like he's got, uh, you know, his teeth aren't as close together. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought I was going crazy, but sure enough, I was right. You just got your expanders out. Okay, well, that's a great time to go ahead and do our segment. I just got my expanders out, Andrew. Um, Oh. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually... Great timing uh, for you to have your expanders out because we're literally just about to do the segment called I Just Got My Expanders Out, which is where we talk about expansion packs for this game, um, if there are any, and then we also talk about if uh, what expansion packs we think they should make for it. Well, this is a brand new game, and there are no expansion packs for it. I don't think it's the type of game that would ever have expansion packs, but Pete and I took the liberty of coming up with some. Uh, Pete, yeah, I thought this is a game that takes place or, uh, in 1972, right? It's uh, right. all about the 1972 chess championship. So I thought, hey, here's the perfect expansion pack. It's an add-on side quest that is all about the 1972 Backgammon World Championship. Oh, my gosh. Okay, which eagle-eared listeners may remember this. I don't know why this sticks out to me, but way back when we did our Backgammon episode... Uh, Mm -hmm. I was talking about the Backgammon World Championship, and I remember, Pete, you took umbrage with this because you said that, uh, you know, the chess champion will be the chess champion for several years in a row, and Mm -hmm. every year the Backgammon champion seems to change, which shows that it's more based on luck than skill. Right. There Um, we go. Yeah. 
which is mostly true. More, tr It's not every single year, but yeah, uh, you're right. Um, but anyway, in 1972, I think people will be just chomping at the bit to buy this because everybody remembers the backgammon uh, match of the century, Oswald Jacoby versus yep. Edward Burns, where uh, Oswald Jacoby uh, won the championship. And, of course, wow. this took place in not in Iceland, but in Las Vegas, Nevada. Wow. And uh, that is the only information I could find on it because apparently no reporters wanted to write stories about it or anything like that. Everybody was at the Spassky Fisher uh, championship. Yes. Yeah, all the reporters were there. I still have and... my Oswald Jacoby uh, jersey, signed jersey, <laughs> framed. <laughs> yeah, from that from the World Championship in 1972. Uh -huh. I remember. I remember that. Yeah, that was Yeah, cool. back when he won the, uh, yeah, the divisional pennant for... Uh... And actually, uh, I also wrote down this note in case that one is not a good expansion. I was just out, I just wrote this down a few hours ago. I was outside uh, behind my house. There's like a little stream that runs back behind all these houses in this neighborhood, and there's a sign that talks that says "No dumping." You know, I had to dump stuff in that stream. <laughs> and the ordinance the ordinance was signed. Uh, the local ordinance was signed in the year 1972. So maybe there could be an expansion back about not dumping stuff in the stream. You know, your yep. lawn clippings and stuff. My well, that's what we like to call a, yeah, a mini expansion, right? Yes. Sometimes they'll sell those things where it's, it's just like a really small, like two or three cards, something like that, about well, a stream behind somebody's house. Yeah, it could be about like the town council in 1972 in the town where I live. And it just, you know, about the, yep. the drama that went on behind the scenes about whether or not we should let people dump their grass mm -hmm. clippings in the streams anymore in our town. You know, that kind yeah. Of yeah, Clay, get at us if you need. Uh, if you're thinking, if you're looking for your next <laughs> historical card-driven, uh, his, you know, historical game, because the mayor was like, the mayor was like, I can't think. I can't think with all these cameras in here. You know, <laughs> yeah. and they, they, the, uh, t the town councilman, uh, you know, mm -hmm. whatever his name was, he had the special chair that was, you know, it was a whole thing. So. It's a whole thing. Let's just say we're thinking there's going to be a tug of war, push and pull track involved in it. You know what I mean? If that doesn't, right. if that'll pique your interest, Andrew, my idea for an expansion for for match of the century is you can uh, a whole you know module where you also play as the international chess federation, the people who put on the world oh, championship, Andrew, okay. because. So in addition to playing as either Spassky or Fisher and handling the stress involved in playing, you know, this extremely uh, highly televised, highly, you know, um, marketed uh, world championship uh, match during a during the Cold War, uh, <laughs> um, where politicians are literally weighing in on it and everything like that, uh, you also... Uh, now have to simultaneously deal with the demands of Fisher and Spassky and their countries, their sides, and try to make sure that the match actually starts, that it starts on time, that it continues, that it remains legitimate. You know what I mean? You can't look mm -hmm. like you're favoring either side, uh, but you also want both sides to show up and play, etc. So there's a whole other... Let's, let's just say there's going to be a fourth track involved in that one, Andrew. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um... So I, I think that'll be very interesting. Suddenly you are, you know, kind of this international body uh, that is that has to deal with all sorts of interesting personalities. You know what I mean? Making sure that everybody I've is... Always, I've always seen myself as someone who has an international body, I should say. <laughs> That's right. I've known that about you. Yeah, yeah. You've got... Um, 
I mean, you know, well, here in the United States, we're used to very large genetically modified apples. You know what I mean? And so when I see you, when I see you, I think of you as more of like, you know, more of like a, a continental European small apple, you know. Kind yeah, of, way, like to, way to throw in a very inside joke into this podcast. People, I don't know what you're that. talking about, Andrew. People are loving that at home right now. People uh, are, there's, there's uh, about two or three people that are loving that one, Andrew. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think those are two legitimate expansions. I think, uh, you know, I think I think I probably should be expecting a call from Clay anytime now with uh, letting us know, you know, what our role will be in, in the upcoming development of these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Did you know that um, I, I just, just popped into my head, I forgot to say this earlier, I was reading okay. a little bit about this match and uh, Bobby Fischer was the first American to uh, the first no he was the first um, American-born person to win the uh, chess champ- world championship. Is that true? Yes, huh. I'm pretty sure. Um, there was a guy in the 1800s who had immigrated well, to the United, who was a naturalized citizen, but um, yeah, he was okay. the first. First I mean, eighteen hundreds chess. I mean, come on. What yeah. were they doing back then? They were flipping the horse was on its head, and the you know <laughs> there was like a fox involved, probably, and everything like that. We can't. Oh, you know, and I meant to look this up too. Is, uh, I think in Russia, I, see, this is like secondhand news here. I, a Russian person hmm. once told me that in chess they call the horses they're not knights, they're elephants. I had to look that up, but I'm pretty sure that's true. Okay, I, I might have covered that back on the. Uh, Elephants and Jess. I don't know. Anyway. I, I mean, that kind of makes sense, I guess. Yeah. There was, you know, Indian armies using elephants as mounts, probably. Something like something to do with that, maybe. First appeared... Oh, no. Never mind. This is... Hmm, I might be wrong about this. This is. I thought you were sense. making some... I thought you were setting up some terrible joke where you're like, hey, I knew a Russian person who told me once that in, you know, in Russia, you know, chess plays you or whatever, you know, something <laughs> some sort of you're doing some sort of Wait. meme from like 30 years ago or something like that yeah, more um, than 30 years ago that that is like something that i saw on like looney tunes that is based on some comedian who did bad russian jokes or idiot about you know, <laughs> right? i don't know needless don't to really... say at this point uh i am very much opposed to that kind of thing andrew and uh, you might even say that memes from 30 years ago and i are are our enemies you know what i mean Okay, wait. I got it. I fi- mm-hmm. I figured it out. Uh, really? I just inter- I just totally interrupted your segue. By the way, don't worry. I'll get back. Oh to Oh my it. god. Chess bishops are called elephants in Russia and in Arabic. Okay. Uh, yep. And it can be assumed that these elephants are what we would nowadays call bishops. Okay. Interesting. I guess that kind of makes sense because bishop is a is Christian. Christ- the British renamed it. Because they thought the tusks. Oh, this is Reddit now. Oh, this is interesting. Bishop or elephant? They the British renamed it because they thought the tusks at the top of the piece looked like a miter. Oh wow! Uh, the cap of a bishop, and so they thought. Okay. Oh, that, that like huh. Interesting. Anyway. Interesting. Um, let me just uh, tell you that uh, enemies, Pete. You were talking about enemies. Um, yeah, I mentioned enemies. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, well, that reminds me that uh, two enemies could play this game, uh, but should they? Is that how this is going? <laughs> sure, yeah. Two 
Two enemies could play that game. Okay, Andrew, that's right. Two enemies could play that game it is the name of this segment. Uh, Andrew, flawless as ever. Uh, yeah, that was great. If you, totally if, stepped all over your your segue and then did a very bad job of even introducing the segment. So here we go. Good. So now that we're enemies, you and I, Andrew, let's get let's <laughs> yeah, get into cool whether t- let's get into whether two enemies could play this game. Specifically in this segment, uh, if you had to play this game with someone that you didn't like, Andrew, what would be the best way to get under their skin? That's what we uh, kind of discuss in this segment. What are you thinking here? Okay, well... Since you're such an of... expert at getting under people's skin, Andrew, yeah. when they're trying to do segues... Right, I was going to say, all, all you have to do is just kind of like step all over their segues when they're doing a podcast about this game, and then boom, it's done. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I, this is obviously what this whole game is about, right? It's about them, yes. you're trying to um, kind of throw off the other person's focus, Right, just like they did exactly in real life. So I think we're just going to try and mimic Bobby Fischer as much as possible here. So we're going to complain yep. a lot. We're going to complain about the comfort of this person's chair. By the way, you've been invited over to this person's house for game night. Yep. They don't realize that you hate them, right? Correct. So you you complain about the comfort of their chairs. Uh, you complain about that their uh, that their wallpaper is ugly and distracting. Um, you know, hey, I know you invited me over for game night, but. Uh, can we please go finish this game at my house instead? Like, let's go. It's, okay. I know it's raining. Let's, or even better, like, insist that you finish the game, like, in a closet or, or in the bathtub or something really, like, uncomfortable like that, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, tell them that their food is too spicy. The snacks that they brought to game night, you know, that they so much, mm-hmm. oh, it's too spicy. Um, yep. I don't know. Complain that they have body odor and that it's really distracting you. Anything that really just yeah. be a bad just, bad guest at their house. Right, saying. right. Just just everything is act like everything is getting under your skin for sure. Yes. Yeah, that would uh, that would definitely irk me for sure. That, Pete, that would that would get under my skin. I will tell you, I have used this tactic before, and I think it may have something <laughs> to do with why I only have one friend now. So. <laughs> that could be it. That could be part of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Andrew, you're exactly right. This is uh, kind of a central theme of this game is how annoyed Fisher and Spassky, uh got, or at least how much of it that they shared, how, how uh, you know, vocal they were uh, about things that they, uh, that they felt were throwing their focus off. Um, so I, I agree. Y- y- a lot of it is already right there. You can just pull it right from history. First of all, make sure that you're late. You know what I mean? So you decide <laughs> yep, on great. you decide on a day and time to start, and just make sure you're not there because Bobby Fischer just did not show up at first, and they had to, everybody was freaking out. Um, and uh, and interestingly enough, uh, he didn't even he didn't even he was thinking about not going <laughs> to the World Championship that he spent that they spent months setting up uh, until some guy doubled the prize money, basically just some some rich guy in the U.S. Anyway. Um, so that's first of all, just make sure you're very late. Uh, I think he actually had to forfeit the first match as a result of it. You know what I mean? Or yeah, wow. the first, yep, the first game. Uh, anyway, uh, and then he was, and then of course he was annoyed that he had to forfeit the first game. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? He was, he was that kind of guy. You know? And they were like, "Well, you weren't even here." You know? Uh, okay. So you mentioned something of this nature before, Andrew. Mess with the air conditioner, okay? So if you're you the go. person that's that's hosting. Uh, or even if you're the person that comes in, just make sure you get get right at that 
thermostat, okay? And whatever time of year you're playing this game, make sure the temperature is all wrong, okay? Because that is something, that's another thing that Fisher uh, and Spassky kind of went back and forth about was the temperature. And um, then, uh, and I think at some point, actually, Fisher, Fisher said it was too loud and asked for it to be turned off, and it was like the middle of summer or something like that. And everyone was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, now, uh, at some point, Andrew, you're going to have to excuse yourself and then come back with a bunch of cameras, okay, Andrew, and then set them up very close to the <laughs> other player, <laughs> okay? Because that will be very annoying to them because you got to get it real close to them, Andrew. <laughs> Closer than they was even in, you know for this match it was uh, it's funny because there was tons of cameras there and then he eventually had all of them leave basically except for the one guy had like a contract to be there because he was covering it you know what i mean and he was like i can't leave i'm literally being paid to cover this for you guys you know what i mean like and uh he like went as far away as possible he like went up to the balcony and even then still fisher was like nah still still not still not liking it and everything people were like are you kidding me so anyway don't even get to that point just get as close as possible um and uh you know tell them that you want to get some good clips or something like that i don't know uh and then uh, yeah yeah yeah. for your stories of course for socials um yeah if you're losing just keep suggesting that you move to different rooms for the next uh, exchange of this game yeah very you mentioned going to uh, your house that would be very annoying but you could always just say the next room or like you said the closet i think that's a good idea um and andrew finally i think uh you should just keep reminding them that if they lose it'll be a shame to their country i think that'll really get under <laughs> their skin you know what i mean keep emphasizing that they're representing their country very importantly and that they will uh, they will bring shame to their country. So wow, I, I mean, odds are get under skin. You know, there's plenty of international people here in the U.S., but odds are you you may be playing against someone from your own country. Uh, yeah. Also, but uh, that's fine. Say, they'll be if they lose, matter. they'll be shamed. Yeah, and if you lose, you'll be ashamed. Okay. Just to the yeah. same country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's a lose lose situation right there. All right. <laughs> I mean, Andrew. I let's face it. We're all. Uh, even if you're from a different country, technically you're from the same planet. That's at least oh. how I look at it. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, uh, sure. I, I tend to be, I don't usually see things as like strict lines of like nations right. and stuff like or that. I think it was as like an entire citizen. world from a global. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, unless, unless like you're from another planet, like you're like an extraterrestrial or something. extraterrestrials okay andrew let's go redemption story now that was a segue baby that's how I we mean, do it extraterrestrials that was right that was perfect that was perfect that let's, should go in the hall of fame like that that's should go the in the hall of championship fame. of segues right there kind of the bobby uh, fisher of well, yeah we're yeah. kind of the fisher spasky <laughs> of uh of, of segues here Andrew, extraterrestrials is, of course, our segment where we say that aliens land and insist that we show them our Earth games, and we discuss whether we're showing them this game, why or why not. What are you thinking? Um, yes, definitely show them this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because that they will think that we make historical board games that glorify yeah. battles of intellect. Um, oh yeah because wow they'll say like oh wow this is the type of historical event that humans are commemorating with board games wow this is like these are a very elevated people you know that they're right they're so focused on like this 
Chet, it's a peaceful thing, you know, obviously they, they, um, they were going against each other, but it's a very peaceful, uh, yeah. thing. And they're just kind of c- comparing their, their intellect to each other. And this all, while I'm very feverishly like sweeping thousands of war games under the rug, don't look at these yep. over here. No, 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 no. You know, uh, <clears throat> just look at this one. Yeah, so. yeah, kicking about two million World War Two, uh, you know, guys on a map games, historical games. That's all about like how many bullets you have and how many people you kill or whatever, and yes. blowing up entire units and just like kicking that under the bed. Um, yep, that's genius, Andrew. I think that'll yeah, I really like that. leave a good impression on them. I like that a lot. I also would be showing them this game, Andrew. I'd oh, be good. showing aliens this game, um, because. Think about it, Andrew. We made a game about a series of games played of another game, which <laughs> took place about 50 years ago. I mean, come on. They're going to think that we're really on another level. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's some layered in- intellect going yeah. on there. That's some layered uh, thinking going on there. That's you know some what four, I mean? 4D chess going on, as you said. That's earlier. some 4D chess going on. And of course, they, of course, introduce us to 4D chess, which is yeah, their well, yeah. version That's of chess, their board yeah. game that they show up. <laughs> no, I hope, their, I hope their thing is, uh, you know, like the Star Wars chess or whatever, where it's just like a big, it's just like, it looks like a terrible game where just one, <laughs> a hologram uh, of, a, of a Rancor picks somebody up and throws somebody down and goes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought you were gonna say like Star Trek chess, the uh, that three D now chess, Star which... Trek chess. Now that is that's a playable game. I mean, smart one. I, yeah, I do you have don't that. you have a version? Of that? I have one. It's very game? small. You have to use like tweezers to oh, play yeah. it. But yeah, I do have one. To play. It's mm-hmm. it's it's an okay game. It's the same rules as chess. You just have to look at it from the. Oh. We should cover that at some point. You look at it from we like the top to down, and you but you can like jump up to the different boards. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we won't show them that one because they'll already (laughs) know that one. Of course, that's that's they'll be like, hey, you got this. You have this here, too. You know what I mean? Uh, But they're going to really like when we show them match of the century because I think they're going to. Yeah, they're going to realize it's, uh, uh, you know, us as peaceful, smart people uh, who are capable of some really complex, uh, you know, reasoning and galaxy uh, and brain cre- stuff right there galaxy yeah. brain stuff yep exactly is this game a little bit like treading on that meme of the uh the queen's gambit the board game you know it's like it's, it's isn't that just chess <laughs> yeah good point yeah <laughs> yo they made a <laughs> they made a board game out of queen's gambit it's a, yeah yeah it's called chess um <laughs> yeah uh, except that they actually did it good, probably. I had to have yeah. not played that game, but this is actually a you know. Is a that a two-player thing. game? Maybe we should cover that one. Uh, Maybe we should cover that one. Is it I more than two play? That would be funny if it's more than two. It would players. be very funny if it was more than two. I, I would uh, assume it is because they were trying to move units of it. You know what I mean? But um, while you look that up, Andrew, I'll go ahead and handle this segue uh, on my own, which is to say, hey, uh, two people could be looking up that uh, whether the Queen's Gambit game is two players. Yeah, but I got to do the segue. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so I'll just let one person do that, and two people should play this game, but should they? Two could play this game, but should they? 
Okay, yep, I'm I'm right back off the wagon of, of missing the segues here because I was looking something up this time. <laughs> uh, t- uh, it is two to four players played best at three. I knew Queen's it. Ga- <laughs> Queen's I Gambit, knew it. the board game. It's because they were trying to make money off of it. They weren't going to make it a two-player only game. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it looks kind unlike of just like a chessboard, Andrew, though. Unlike Capstone games and Deep Print games, uh, these you know mega corporations do not have the courage to make a line of two player only games andrew yes yes um but anyway um speaking of courage we are about to give a rating to this game we're very wow. brave for doing so um we're very brave for doing so we're gonna say <laughs> yeah how sure are you the two people should play this game we're gonna give it a rating from zero uh to 100 percent, somewhere in there um uh-huh based on how good we think this game is. And I yep. will go first, I guess. Uh, it's a very good game. I gave it a 78%. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's actually I think it's actually a better game than that. It just might not be complete. Uh, let me explain a little bit. Uh, every yeah. single turn is a tough decision, as I said. Like, right. It's it's like you are tired by the... I, 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 but I felt myself getting better and mm-hmm. better at the game. Every time we played, I was like, okay, now I know I should... Like I said, I, yeah. I started to get some strategy. I learned some strategy of like I don't need to win every single time. I can lose and gain and get some resources. Mm-hmm. Let him win this one, you know. Mm-hmm. So that was really kind of fun, you know. That being said, I just I think in my ideal game, I need a little. I need some dice. I need some. Uh, you know, I don't want to have every single turn be a tough decision for me because mm-hmm. look, I'm a tired dad. It makes me tired. And uh, yep. Yep. I might just rather play chess because that, you know, that also would make me tired, actually. So I probably wouldn't do that anyway. But um, <laughs> and according to our leaderboard, actually, I would definitely rather play this game because I gave chess a much lower rating than this. But, yeah, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, 78. Very well made game. I don't think I've ever seen a game where you have to. I mean, there probably is, but where you have to, like, think about every little thing about oh which one should i do oh my gosh and every single mm-hmm. turn you're you, it's not like in some games you you come across like okay play 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 this is an easy move and then all of a sudden you're presented with a tough choice it's like every single time you have to think about yeah. what what card am i going to play here how many pawns uh, am i going to yeah, use yeah the repercussions it? of yeah. yeah the consequences of you mm-hmm. have to think ahead you have to think well should i save this for the next time when i'm the black pieces instead of the white what should i do you know yeah, Whew, it's a lot. So I think it's a very, very well done game. It's just not necessarily for me because it is. It you have to think a lot. So seventy eight percent. I'm gonna say seventy eight percent sure you are that two people should play this game. Yeah, that's a good score for you, Andrew. I'm gonna say I'm eighty eight percent sure. Wow. Ten percent. Ten percent more sure than you, Andrew, that two people should play this game. <laughs> um, which is the same score that I gave Watergate, Andrew. Uh, 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 did you do that on purpose? Because, uh, I did do that on purpose, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Because I knew the range I wanted to think of this one, and then I and, and then I and I was using Watergate as kind of like a, you know, a comparison in my mind for how much I I like them, and I think that they're just both excellent companion pieces. Um, and um, successor, you know, yeah. They're yeah. they're similar in some ways. They're different in many ways. Um, and uh, and I honestly, because I because literally I was thinking to myself, which would I rather play one over the other? You know what I mean? And I and I basically was like, you know, 
they both have specific strengths and I think I want to play them both equally. You know what I mean? So I, that's why yeah. I ended up trying to uh, basically looking up the score and saying I want it to be the exact same score. Um, it's, uh, it's really, honestly, Andrew, playing this game is a good way to learn how designers can tweak certain things to change the feel of games while still maintaining a similar spirit. You know what I mean? Because there is a lot that about Watergate that informs this one, but there are tweaks, little knobs that are spun here and there, little things that are changed, you know what I mean, all over the board. And before you know it, it plays very differently, you know what I mean? But it still seems to have a similar spirit. So um, <clears throat> I think that is extremely interesting. Uh, and listen, in terms of like how the game plays, when you hear that you're going to be battling for four lanes when cards have numbers on them and the higher number wins the lane and your, your mind is like, yeah, yeah, we've seen it before. You know what I mean? Next that's, you know, it's kind of like battling. Almost, at first I thought like, Oh, this is just like war. You know, you just play a yeah. card, you win. You I'm know, just, kind of... yeah. It's like, what's, what's interesting about this? You know what I mean? I'm just playing, I'm just trying to play a certain number, you know what I mean? To win and yada, yada, yada. Um, there's not even like a way to modify the numbers necessarily that you can put pawns down, but you know, that's, but the, your opponent knows that when they're going into, you know, there's not a lot of like secrecy or anything like that. A lot of it's all open knowledge for the most part. Um, and so I, so I was confused at first about what is even the game here. Uh, and yet once you actually get into it, it really does create an extremely unique experience. It is not like any other lane battler you know what i mean that i've played before um and i, I don't know it's like uh because of all those reasons that we talked about how every card has a very specific you know thing that it can do and you have to decide when you want to play it and, and when it you know when is a good time to play it and when you want to save it for the future and etc etc you know what i mean so there is a lot of uh reason uh, and decision making that goes into when you play certain cards where, um, and it could be a big, you know, be a, it, it could ha it has a, a lot of repercussions. It has a lot of consequences. You know what I mean? A lot of ripples from in the mm -hmm. pond. You know what I mean? From when you plop the card down in the middle of the the playing area. You know what I mean? Um, and you can track, you can track that back. You can go back and like review, like you're like you're reviewing your performance in a chess match and be like, ah. That look at what I did there. That changed the whole course of it. You know what I mean? Yada yada yada. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you really feel like you're playing an important chess match, where each of your decisions could really swing the match in your favor or in your opponent's favor, which is a just a fascinating mindset to be put into by a board game. You know what I mean? Um, the powers are super important. Um, deciding when to give up territory on the advantage track in order to trigger a power that would be be better like in the long run like that's not an easy thing to uh you know to decide on you have to really think that through um and honestly the fact that uh, they were able to make it so that the fight for the advantage to win the individual games is maybe not even as important as the fight to stay focused uh if for the long run of the game basically is so cool and might i add amazingly thematic which is really cool too so mm -hmm. um 
Now, Andrew, I will say I've lost every single time we've played this to you. <laughs> but another thing that we realized in doing so is that each time it was very close. We were off by like one or something like that. You know yeah. what I mean? And so that's a good sign of a balanced game because, you know, uh, you really do feel like you're just just getting by. Like you have that moment that I can picture even now in my head of a of a chess match ending where the winner is exhaling like a deep breath and almost wiping their brow, the relief yeah. on their face because they've had to maintain their focus the entire game. And then all of a sudden they just eked by made the right move. And then they can finally shake hands and step away from the table and they just go, whew, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that relief. And it's like, that actually happens in this game. Like you literally do that. You go, Oh, it's over. Wow. That was a, that was a tent. That was a tense one. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah, for sure. um, Yep. So I will say, uh, you know, very cool game, very well designed, um, and a very unique experience. Uh, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking forward to playing it again. So, eighty-eight percent sure that two people should definitely play this at some point you in know, their it's, lives. It's funny that you said that about it being close because, <clears throat> you know, I said my strategy was, oh, I gotta let you like win this one so I can kind of like mm-hmm. get your focus down or get more focus for the next match or whatever. Yeah, you kind of you kind of have to do that because if you, if you try and win every single you know lane yeah. or every single time the the other person is just going to get tons of focus you're going to lose yes. your focus you know so the because they get all the rewards from the cards because they're losing so it right. it, it naturally kind of balances itself out as you go along. yep yep I know <clears throat> pretty cool yeah. right pretty yeah. cool yeah Thanks, clever. Paolo. very right. clever very cool. uh, and speaking of uh, cool Andrew time to go to the leaderboard. Leaderboard. All right, are we leaderboard? Um, are we leaderboard? Yeah, that's uh, that's that was a little Easter egg for uh, for the eagle-eared listener Andrew, uh, who yeah. expects us to go to. Now, uh, are we cool? Whenever we mention something being cool, but instead we're gonna we're gonna of course hit up our leaderboard segment here, Andrew, where we figure out where on our big old leaderboard this game falls, Andrew. Yeah, and as I was looking at our leaderboard, you mentioned you gave it this game the same rating as Watergate. I wanted to see what mm-hmm. I gave Watergate. I gave Watergate yeah. an 80, and so I yeah. gave this game a 78. So it's very close mm-hmm. also. So Very uh, close, funny. very close. Funny yeah, very exactly. Close. Um, and Andrew, it's so close, in fact, that as a result, of course, yeah. we take our two scores, we average them out, and that means that Match of the Century came in at an average, our final score uh, was 83, and Watergate was 84, Andrew. That's yes. how close it was. We are officially 83% sure that two people should play this game. Wow. We, we have been officially 80, 84% sure that two people should play Watergate. Hey, mm-hmm, while we're looking mm-hmm. at this, um, so Watergate comes in at 26, which may seem low, but we got 70 what 73 games yeah we on this got thing now. yeah and there's a huge bunch up in the 80s you know the 80s yeah. uh there's a lot of games up in the 80s and 70s but anyway watergate yeah. at 26 match of the century actually at 29 even though it's one point behind we have a three-way tie nanga parbat Catan card game and match of the century but this one is going to come in behind those because those had more passion behind it you get you gave Catan card game a 91 i gave right nanga parbat 93 i love that game so yep. um those yep, had a yep, higher yep. individual score so they're going to be rated higher than than match of century so this one comes in at 29 
Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we, we talked a little bit. We also covered Capstone's Beer and Bread, which I'm looking down here. It, that came in at number 36 with an average score of 80%. So they're all pretty yeah. close to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this the is a one? great chunk of games. What was the fourth one we need to cover now that it was at the display there? You, you mentioned it earlier. R- you talking about Rift Force? Rift Force. Okay, so we got to cover that one next. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to cover that one. We also have to cover uh, Curious Cargo, which is from them, which is a two-player game. I have that one. We just have to sit down Was that play. part of the display also? Yeah, it mm-hmm, was, it was okay. actually. Yeah, we so they had four the... two-player. They, they legitimately have a two-player-only line. Essentially. Oh my gosh! All right. Well, crazy. Capstone, talk to us. We can be bought. We'll just do only Capstone games from now on. If you give us a million dollars, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because because we did such a great job with this one. I know you loved this episode. Oh so, yeah, babe. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, babe. Uh, yeah, babe. Anyway, that's where it falls on our leaderboard. If you want to go back and listen to Watergate, that was in episode mm-hmm. number forty-two. Beer and yep. Bread was more recent, episode sixty-seven, and of course we mm-hmm. are on episode seventy-three. Man, Pete, Ooh. we couldn't. We should have planned this out. We should have been sev- episode seventy-two for nineteen seventy-two. Nineteen seventy-two. Oh so yeah. Close. I almost That's... thought about trying to give it the score seventy-two to be like nineteen seventy-two, but I was like, no, it's much better than that. So I'm not yeah. gonna do that. You know? I actually uh, thought the same thing, and I just thought I know. It's, I was like, it's a ah, little it's too low. low. Like it's it's a better mm-hmm. game than that, you know. Which is funny because it just goes to show how many good games we've covered. Because like even the idea of like seventy-two out of a hundred being like too low or whatever, it's like that's actually a pretty good score. But you know what I mean? Uh, mm. But there's so much competition for higher, you know. Yep. Higher scores, you know what I mean? So yep. um and this is right in there with, with a great chunk. Being being number twenty nine on this super long list of two player games is like legit. Legit. Yeah. Um and uh Andrew, speaking of legit, are we legit? Are we cool? Are we All legit? right, Andrew. Are we legit? Uh, I'm not making game, a stinger for Are that. we still legit? I'm not <laughs> even saying the other word. After playing this game, are we still legit? How many points did our friend uh, did our friendship go up or down? Um, Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is our friendship still legit, Andrew? <laughs> Is our friendship still legit, Andrew? Um, I said plus one. That's what I said. I wow. said plus one. Uh, because you really do feel like you go through a tense battle. So there is. You know, there is room to be like, this person's my enemy. But also there's that release of the tension, which I think is really nice at the end. And you kind of both feel like you've been through something. Like I, like I would assume that Fisher and Spassky, you know, weren't big fans of each other at that time. But they went through something pretty, pretty special. You know what I mean? So I bet yeah. there's some sort of bonding there that they could do if they wanted to at least. I don't know. I feel like I uh, I need to read a book about this now or something. Or probably, I mean, Let's be honest. I'll probably just watch a YouTube video about it. But, um, <laughs> but still, yeah. I, I wonder if they and probably not. But I wonder if I was gonna say, wonder if they ever like talked afterwards or something. They're probably not. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, did we mention that this game, like like Watergate and all these other ones, it comes with like a big historical text? Ooh, yeah. Good point. There is a, there is a you know historical. Uh, text if you will booklet an entirely separate booklet which is large which is thicker than the instruction wow. booklet yeah. than the rule booklet um that tells you the the entire story it's you know it's literally a miniature you know auto 
biography of this time or whatever, you know what I mean? Or by, you know, biographical, um, you know, textbook chapter essentially, uh, yeah. of, of this event. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Anyway, are we still legit? I said that our legitness went up by three and wow. here's why I enjoy playing this game with you, but mm -hmm. also, uh, this game will forever be linked with the memory of being at PAX Unplugged, standing oh, there wow. awkwardly waiting for this table to open up. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we could sit mm -hmm. down and play because you were just begging to play this game literally from the time we walked in. <laughs> That's we, true. We, walked, we walked past their booth and we said, oh, well, it's the table's busy. We'll come back later. All day we kept walking oh. by checking. <laughs> so I will definitely yeah. uh, definitely remember that. So uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I uh, think uh, our what can I say? I got we're my still, eye on what they're doing over there. Yeah, we're, no? we're still legit. Uh, we're still legit. Uh, good. Um, and uh, and also mm, might be kind of cool too, Andrew. Oh. Uh, what would be cool, Andrew, is if because I ain't making another stinger for that. Uh, so no, I, know I am you're keeping not. the. I'm just, I'm just being. I'm pretending that that didn't happen. Anyway. Go ahead. Too what legit, would be legit? Pete, you were saying what would be uh, legit if uh, people uh, followed uh, us? Is that what you're uh, Is if people followed us? You know, there's so we got a socials going on. We got Twitter at, at to play that pod. We got Instagram to can play that game podcast on Instagram. Uh, you know, you can go to our link tree, uh, linktr.ee. You know, that's how they do the link tree slash to can play that game. Find all of our links there. You can uh, hit us up on email to can play that game podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, probably, you know, huh? probably the most legit thing that you can do as a listener might be yeah. to rate, review, and subscribe on wherever you're listening to this. That, that would be legit, baby. That definitely uh, because helps our that, show. yeah, that makes our show legit actually. Because then yeah. people it start putting it in front of people. So yeah, yeah then, give us a review. Yeah, then it pops up. <laughs> it pops up on their uh, podcast uh, player, and they're like, oh, this 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 show looks yeah. kind of legit actually. All right, this <laughs> show actually looks legit now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, of course, one of the most legit things you can do is tune in next time. Uh, unless uh, unless you get another friend, of course. You can't be doing it then. No, no, you can't tune in if you get another friend. So, in that case, you're going to want to tune into a different podcast. It's called Born 3. Three as the wind blows. Yeah. That's right, Andrew. That's, of course, the podcast that's all about three-player board games and Andy Williams, who uh, I guess was just some guy who sang songs back in the day, including a song, uh, Born Free, Free as the Wind Blows. You know what I mean? People <laughs> have opinions tagline. about him on that podcast, I think, you know? Yeah, right. I don't, I don't really know. I, the only way I know him is from, I think... On, he did a Christmas song, and sometimes on the radio you hear his name. Oh, uh, yeah, I think Andy Williams did a Christmas song. That's where I hear that name before, but I, I don't think anybody under the age of 60 would Of course, that was it. just a... Everybody knows Born, for, born Free, Free as free the as Wind the Blows. Wind. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's that's his major hit. And, of course, then his Christmas song was just kind of like a, a kind of a reskin of it. And it was Born in a Manger, Born, <laughs> you know... Born the Christ child, born in a manger, you know what I mean? And everybody was kind of like, this is, I mean, you know, it's nice, but it's seems kind of lazy, Andy, you know what I mean? All right, we're singing, we're doing Christmas songs in, well, I guess technically some people are still saying we're in Christmas till, what, January 7th Orth or whatever. Some then. Orthodox, yeah, King's some Day. Orthodox. No, King's Day, uh, I think a lot of Catholics do that, maybe, I know. Oh, yeah, 12 Days of Christmas, and my true love gave Christmas, to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm sure Orthodox people do that too. One, I don't know. Andy don't Williams. Know. Right. I mean, 
one new friend, so one new friend, so I had to listen to another <laughs> podcast. Born five stars on. I rated it five stars on. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean?